Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Tonight we're learning Masecha Siyum Adaf Nun Beis, and we are starting four lines down. The first thing that we're going to do tonight is analyze a comment from Reb Nassim. And this comment from Reb Nassim will take about an Amud to analyze, and then we'll learn a Mishnah that will uh, focus in on the actual walking pathway and the mechanics of the Torah that was brought on Yom Kippur, a very beautiful Gemara, um, and hopefully the a little drawing uh, that I just sent to the WhatsApp group will hopefully will be helpful to those who are more visual. Um, and uh, let's get started. So here we are. Here's Reb Nassan's statement, four lines down on Nun Beis Amaral. says the Gemara, Amar Reb Nassan, As mentioned, there was this thing called an Amatroxin. And I'll show you in this uh, screenshot here as to what the Amatroxin was a reference to. If you see here, uh, right where my cursor is, the amatroxin was a space that separated this part of the Hechal, the referred to as the Kodesh, from this part of the Hechal, which was the Kodesh HaKodashim. So the amatroxin, this one ama space is what we're talking about here. So Rav Nassim says, the amatroxin, we didn't know if it was treated like the Lifnai Vilifnim, or if it was treated like this. So says the Gemara, uh, I don't understand your problem. Lines down on Nun Beis Madalip says the Gemara, Maskifla Ravina. I'm just going to keep this up because I'm going to keep this screen up because, as you'll see momentarily, it'll be very helpful as we navigate this Gemara. So says the Gemara, Ravina says, My time, what, what was the confusion about this Amatraxin, about the status of this one Ama of space between the Kodesh and the Kodesh HaKodesh? What was the problem? It says the Gemara as follows, If it's because of the Pasuk, that makes reference to the east to west reference of length. That we see here, it's 60, right? This is Pasuk number one. It's Shishim Ama Orko, So Pasuk one references 60 at length, 60 Amos. That's approximately 90 to 100 feet. We'll see, and then separately we have referencing the Kodesh, that the Kodesh is 40. And then the last Pasuk that we're going to speak about speaks about this not unit of 20. So says the Gemara, we have three Pasuk. One Pasuk says that the whole Heichal was 60. One Pasuk says that the Kodesh was 40 and that the Kodesh HaKodashim was 20. If what you're saying is, Reb Nassan, that you don't understand if the Amatroxin was measured as one of the 40, or if it was measured as one of the 20, why does it have to be one or the other? Maybe this number really should be 61, 40 plus 20 plus one, plus the amatroxin. So says the Gemara, maybe this one ama measurement does not come from the count of 20. This remains a full 20. And maybe it doesn't come from the 40. This remains a full 40. And really, this number should be 61. The whole uh, x, uh, x axis, the whole west, east, east, west line of the Heichal from the wall of the Ulam to the back wall of the Arun, maybe it's really 61, 40 for the, for the Kodesh and 20 for the Kodesh HaKodashim and one Amma for the Amatroxin. So that's what the Gemara says. That's what the Gemara says. Vichalala. Maybe we should say that we only, when we when the Pasukim made the measurements, that it only includes the halala, the open space, but it doesn't include the walls. And maybe that's why 
where everything should be fine. So what was the concern of the Chachamim? But even before we get to the answer, the, the Gemara says as follows. Teda, you should know, had it been that we were going to include the Koslim, they were always mentioned explicitly. And therefore, this Amma Traxin, which in the first base of Mikdash was actually a one Amma thick wall, this is its own unit of measure. And in fact, we Dafka should assume that it's 61 here, 40 plus one plus 20. And the one of the Amma is not absorbed either in the 40 or in the 20. So it says the Gemara, that whenever walls were going to be focused on, we always included their measurements explicitly. That's not, as the Mishnah writes, we saw this once before, the whole Hechal space, uh, this whole large area was 100. Um, it was 100 uh, squared. Fine. So it says the Gemara, uh, the wall here of the Ulam was actually, I drew it as a pen line. But it's actually five amos wide, a very thick wall. The ulam achas The ulam itself, from here to here, was eleven. And then kosel ha'hechal sheish. This wall was six. Then ve'archo arboim ama. Then here, like we've seen, the, the space from the gap, from the wall of the ulam to the wall of the amatroxin was forty. And then take a look at these next two words ve'amatroxin. And the word ama, the word amatroxin means that those words tell us that the actual space of the amatroxin of this area was specifically not included in the 40 measurement or in the 20. And as well, let's finish up the brisa. The kaf ama base kochiakodashim, 20 amos from the end of the amatroxin until the back wall of the hechal. And then kosala hechal sheish, this wall was actually six thick. They had pa sheish, and then there was a space behind that was another six. Then there was another wall here that was five. But the point is from this whole brisa is that we know explicitly that the amatroxin was its own measure and it was not included in the 40 and not included in the 20. So going back to where we started, what was Reb Nassim confused about? There's nothing to be confused about. We have an explicit brisa that the amatroxin was separate of the measurements of the 40 and of the 20. So then says the Gemara, you're absolutely right. His concern wasn't one of measurements. Ella Really what he was saying was as follows. Reb Nassim's question was, his, his lack of clarity was, this space right here, the Amatroxin, which level of Kedusha does it have? Is it like the lower level, like we have over here, of the general Kodesh? Or is it like the greater level of this area, which contains the Aron Bris Hashem? Which, what, what is the level of Kedusha here? That's what was unknown. That's what was unknown. The Hainu de Amar Rav Yochanan, we're seven lines from the bottom. This is exactly what Rav Yochanan was asking. I'm sorry, this is what Rav Yochanan says that somebody else was asking. Boy, Yosef Ishutzal. Yosef Ishutzal was asking the following question based on the Pasuk. Udvir Udvir, there was a separator. This is our Amatroxin that was placed in the inner sanctum uh, to separate and prepare us for the Aron Bris Hashem. And Ibailahu. Uh, Yosef Ishutzal asked the following question. How do we read the Pasuk? So the question of the Gemara is like this. Do we read the Pasuk like this? Five lines from the bottom. Only inside of that wall, namely the wall is excluded, the Kedusha line. The Kedusha line is here. Do we say that the Kedusha line is right here and everything to the east is the lower level of Kedusha? 
Or do we say, no, the holy line is here and really the amatroxin has a higher level of sanctity. That was his lack of clarity. Says the Gemara, no way. There's no way that Yosef Ishutzal had a doubt about what this Pasuk meant because we only have five Sukkim in the Torah that we are unclear about. Says the Gemara, could Yosef Ishutzal really have had a lack of clarity in a Pasuk? After all, the Tanya, the Brysa writes, There are five Sukkim in the Torah that lack clarity and our discussion is not one of them. What are the five? For this, we turn to the top of Nunbez and Mubez. And um, for the sake of, uh, of saving time, uh, what, what I would tell you to do is actually take a look later at the Pesukim toward the bottom of your page if you have them quoted here. And if not, looking them up is amazing. But the Pesuk here has one word of Se'es. And uh, really the question is, um, I'll just say the first one out and then you can look later at all the other ones. The first one says Se'es and the Pesuk reads, Halo im teitiv Se'es, bi'im lo, Pasuk continues as well. So the question is, where does, where's the comma in the Pasuk? Is the comma like this? Or no. And then, So where do we put the commas? All five of them are like this. One example is Se'es. Another one is Meshukadim. Another one is Machar. Another one is Arun. Another one is Vikam. And none of them are our case. So how could it be that in our case of Yosef Ishutzal, that he had any element of doubt at all about the Pasuk, every Pasuk in the Torah is clear with the exception of these five. Be'atanya, and here's the real kicker. Be'atanya, who Yosef Ishutzal, this person who we're discussing, Yosef Ishutzal, who Rav Yochanan said was asking the question about where the Kedusha, the Amatroxin lies, he is who Yosef Habavli, who Isi Ben Yehuda, he's the same person. His name is sometimes called Yosef Habavli, sometimes he's called Isi Ben Yehuda, who Isi Ben Gur Arye, sometimes he was called by that name, who Isi Ben Gamliel, who Isi Ben Mahalalel. He was called all of these different names, but Yosef uh, Ishutzal was the same as the person who quoted this Brisa, which was Isi Ben Yehuda. So there's no way that he had a suffix about a pasuk. It's not possible. So if you want to say that the suffix of the pasuk was as we saw on the bottom of Nun Bezimud Aleph when the pasuk says, and he's not sure about Peshat in the pasuk, says the Gemara, that's not, that's not possible. He himself said there are only five sukkim that are misupak, and this isn't one of them. So answers the Gemara, you're asking good. Let's just say one more point. Umashimo, what was his real name? He's got six or seven stage names. What was his real name? His real name was Isi Ben, ben Akiva Shema. Okay, so the, our question has been asked. How can Yosef Ishutzal uh, um, say that there's a suffix in a Pasuk? Because answered the Gemara very cleverly, It's true in the Torah, there are only those five Pesukim that we're not sure about. However, but in Navi, there are plenty of them. And if you would have looked on the side in the Mesorah Sashas, in the, in the Mesorah Sashas, you would say, Mesorah Sashas, but in the Ein Mishpah, the on the side, you would have seen that this Pasuk is located in Sefer Melachim. So the fact is that uh, we are able to get out of this problem uh, because it's talking about the Nevi'im. So ask the Gemara, Ubedeh In the Torah, there's only five? I can show you a Mari Makom in the name of Rav where there's more than uh, five. Here it is. The Ha'ika, there's another one, the boy Rav Chizor. Rav Chizor asked, how do we understand the Pasuk? Does the word parm go only on Shlamim, or does the word parm go back even on, on Olos? So says the Gemara, that's not a good question, because that's not Arshita. We're talking about Isi ben Yehuda. We're talking about Yosef Ishutzal. Rav Chizor had trouble with that Pasuk, but Isi ben Yehuda didn't have trouble with that Yosef. 
So then our question and answer stand. Let's summarize up until now. Very, very simple. Reb Nussin said that there was a level of suffix in regards to how we treat the amatroxin. The Gemara goes through all the math, like we just pointed out here, 20 plus 1 plus 40. The Gemara says that cannot be the kasha. And, uh, and the Gemara concludes that the reason why we have any element of suffix isn't because of the measurements, but rather because of the status of Kedusha of this one space as was the kash of Yosef Yishutzal. And the reason why we were confused was because of a Pasuk in Malachim. The Pasuk in Malachim reads five lines from the bottom of And that brings us to the Mishnah. Now we're going to see this picture on the screen is going to detail here. I, I drew a little stick figure. I'm not an artist. Um, and thank God for my iPhone because this box here was drawn against my iPhone because I don't have any rulers with me where I am. Here's what the Gemara says. This is a Kohen Gadol right here. And the Kohen Gadol, remember, he's going in for the Ketoros Lifnaibalifim. He's carrying with him a pan of coals in his right hand and the Ketoros in his left. Let's go look at this new Mishnah. This Mishnah is 12 lines down or so, Nun Bezim and Bez. Achitsona, Haisa Purufa, Minhadarum, Upnimis Minatsafon. The the two uh, parochos, one was Prufa, one was pinned back on on the Darum, on the south side. And the other one was pinned back on the north side. So here's what he would do. He would walk in between the Mizbech and the Menorah. He would go in, uh, around the first um, of the parochos, uh, entering at the southern side, and he'd walk northbound. And then he'd wrap around the left of the left parochas, the western parochas, with the opening at the north, and walk down to the Aron Bris Hashem. And let's see this inside. It says the Gemara, the right, um, the first and right and eastern. Uh, Parochas was opened at the bottom, at the south, and then he'd wrap around and he'd go up to the next one, which was opened at the north. Mahalich bene, and he'd walk between them, just like this. He'd walk between them. Ad shemagia litzafon, then he'd get to the north. Higia litzafon, then hofech panov ladarum, then he would turn walking southward. Mahalich lesmoloima parochas, he'd walk with the parochas now on his left side because he's walking south. Ad shemagia laarum. Then he'd get to the space right here. The Aron was centered in the Kodesh HaKodashim. And then he Then he would turn to face west. And then what he would do is He would place on the floor. He'd put the Machta, the coals right here. These are the Badim, the poles of the Aron. It was oriented in such a way where the poles ran east-west. So he was able to conveniently place the Machta, the coals right here. Rashi highlights the orientation of the Badim and the Aron. The Machta was put here. And then... He would make a pile of um, Torahs on top of the Gechalim, which were right here. And then the whole room would fill up with smoke. In fact, that was a halachic parameter. He couldn't leave until that took place. So he had to wait until the room filled up with smoke. And then when he would leave, then Yatza, he would go out the way that he came in. So he'd go the same way. And when he got into the Heichal, he would pause. He would pause. And he would say a short tefillah right here. But when he was davening here, before he would exit the ulam and exit so the people could see him, he said a quick tefillah, but he couldn't say a lengthy tefillah. Why not? Because the reason he couldn't say a lengthy tefillah was because it would frighten people that it took him so long. So they didn't want, uh, he, he didn't want to cause fear that he, would, that he died. And therefore he only said a short tefillah. So opens the Gemara of Amayaskinon this Mishnah is very, very complicated. Why? Because which Beis HaMikdash are we dealing with? Now, we learned uh, yesterday that there were some, some unique features of the Mikdash Rishon, 
and some unique features of the Mikdash Sheni. Yesterday, we highlighted the Mikdash Rishon had an actual wall here. It was an Amatrox and it was a wall with one entrance point. It wasn't two curtains like this. That was Mikdash Rishon. Mikdash Sheni, we said, was built like this because we didn't know which side, where the Kedusha was. So we had to build them an Amma. Fine. Said the Gemara, Ilema Mikdash Rishon. If you're going to say that the drawing that we have today is really Mikdash Rishon, the Mishnah that we have here on Nun Beis is talking about the first base of Mikdash, Nihavu Parochas, there wasn't a Parochas, there was an Amatroxin. So this can't be talking about Mikdash Rishon. Eleven Mikdash Sheni, but if you want to say it's Mikdash Sheni, Mihavu Aron, we didn't have the Aron during the second base of Mikdash. And this is a Brysa that we've already seen, the Hatanya, the Brysa writes, Mishin Nignaz Aron, Nignaz Aimo, when the Aron was Nignaz, when it was hidden away, there were other things that were hidden away with it. Nignaz Aimo, Tzin there was a container that had in it a sampling of the Mun. Also, Vitzluchis Shemen Hamishcha, a jug containing the oils for the anointing of kings and Kohanim. Umaklo Shel Aron Ushkedo Frachecha, and the staff of Aron that had on it the uh, the almonds and the flowers. And the plishtim gave a present to the Jewish people after they tried to steal. Well, they stole it successfully. They stole the aron. They saw it was not doing well for them, to say the least. They sent a gift, and that box was meant to be kept next to the aron. as the pasuk writes, who when they were giving a guilt offering for what they did. You should put the box next to the mikdash. So that, that box also. But the point is that we didn't have a base, we didn't have the Aron in the second base of Mikdash. So the Marashach, our Mishnah says that he put the Machta between the Badim. So how can you say this is the second base of Mikdash if there's an Aron? How can you say it's the first base of Mikdash if there's Parochas? It doesn't make sense. Says the Gemara, before we even get to the answer, Miganah, so who is the one who did the Geniza? Who actually hid and seemingly buried the um, the Aron? Says the Gemara, Yoshiahu Genazo. Why did he do that? So answers the Gemara, Rasha Kasu, he saw a Pasuk. The Pasuk reads, There's going to be a king placed upon you. He knew things were going south, and he made, a, he made an executive decision to hide and bury the, um, the Aron Bir Hashem. Says the Gemara, Omad Viganzo, Shenemar, Vayamar, Lalim, Hamevinim, Lacho Israel, Akdoshim, Hashem, Tenuis, Aron, Akodesh, Babais, Shabon, Shlomo, Ben David, Melch Israel, Ain Lachem, Masabekatev, Ata, Ibdu, Es Hashem, Lokechem, Samo Israel, Amar Belazar, Asya Shema Shema, there's a Xeris Akasov that indicates Shema Shema, one word Shema talking about the Mun, and another one talking about the Aron, Bris Hashem, that the Mun was going to be buried with the Aron. Basia Doros Doros. There's another Xerosakasu, uh, one talking about the man and one talking about the Mishnah. One talking about the man and one talking about the Mated, the staff. So therefore, we see that all of these things were buried as well. So then our, our, that's where our question mark goes. I don't understand which base Hamikdash is it. If Yoshiyahu buried it along with the man, if he buried it, so then we don't have anything left. It says the Gemara, really, the Really, there was no Aaron here. Poof, it's gone. Goodbye. There was no Aaron here at all. He would go to the approximate base. The X was still here that I drew in, but there was no Aaron. So he put down the Machta here, the coals right here, and he would do the Torah like it was, but there was no Aaron. Says the Gemara, how can that be? The Bryce says explicitly, it told us a specific measured location. It has to be in between the poles. Answers the Gemara, five, six lines from the bottom. Ema, uh, you're right. Ema kibein shnei at the approximate location where the shnei abadim should be. So then, then says the Gemara as follows: last, uh, last sugya for the night. Sabar es aktores al gabe agacholim. It says in, that in our Mishnah, it says that uh, that he made a pile. 
he made a pile of all of the Torahs um, right, on type of, uh, right on top of the Gachelas. So it says the Gemara, first of all, Tanan Keman Amar Tzobra. Remember yesterday we saw Machlokas in the Gemara. One sheet was of the opinion that he made a large pile of the Torahs because it took longer to burn that way because the Torahs that was at the top of the pile was further from the fire. So it took longer to burn. And yesterday we also saw another sheet that it was spread out so that it could smoke up very quickly. Here we see that our Mishnah, the Tan of our Mishnah holds, Kemando Amar Tzobra, that it was in a pile. Anyway, one Tana said that he would put the, the Tzobra, he'd make a pile in the middle of the, co- of the coals. And then he would uh, uh, also sprinkle some on the way out closer to him. He would actually make the pile on the outside right near him, and then he would sprinkle more going inwards, which sounds a little bit more dangerous, as we'll soon see. You're right. These two braces are reflective of a machlokat. It seems to make sense that it would be that he would uh, do it in this particular way. Why? You shouldn't do it directly in front of you. You might burn yourself. So you have to put it on in a very careful way to make sure that you wouldn't get burnt as the coin goes. We're going to stop right here at the top of Nun Gimel Amad Aleph. If you uh, look over the next blot and a half, which is tomorrow night's Gemara, you will see that there is a massive amount of ground to cover. Uh, so basically, uh, Nun Gimel and Nun Dalet Amad Aleph should be tomorrow night. But take, keep going with me for a second. Nun Dalet Amad Bez and Nun Hay should be for Shabbos, but if you uh, if you look at Nun Vav Amadalaf, it's a super short blot. So I'm going to break things up a little differently than I normally do in order to make sure that I could uh, teach a reasonable amount for each of the upcoming few shiurim. So we'll stop right here on the top of Nun Gimel Amadalaf, wishing you all beautiful 